Welcome back to Don't Call a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are starting a new book, a new era, now that the Summer of Swords is over. Um, today we have read half of Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir. That's uh, up to chapter 21 mm. is where we've stopped. Which actually, Luke, I should say, for a for ending the Summer of Swords, this book is kind of a lot about swords. I, I know, I know. I I thought it was more sci-fi than it has turned out to be. Uh but it could have snuck into the summer of sorts. I know. But but we've 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 officially ended it, so it can't. It's kind of a long goodbye for the summer of swords. But but yeah, it's over. Summer of swords is over. We're we're done. Uh before we get talking about getting the ninth though, Luke, I was re-watching the first Spider-Man movie a couple days ago. You know the one with Tobey Maguire. Okay. Okay, yes. I'm going to send ones. you a clip from this movie because I had a Ooh. I had an issue with some writing choices in this movie that I didn't realize okay. uh as as a kid. So I'm going to send you this clip. This is just a little 10-second clip. Okay, so the clip I'm sending Luke right now is after Spider-Man does his fight in the wrestling arena, which already has some problematic homophobic comments mixed in. That it's like, come on, Spider-Man. I thought we were cool. Um, anyway, after he does that fight, he goes to collect his money from the promoter. Mm-hmm. And he's prob- he's promised $3,000. The dude only gives him 100 And he's like, ah, whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> then, immediately after Spider-Man leaves with his money, a dude runs in and robs the guy for all of his money. And the dude runs out. And the guy's yelling for someone to stop him. And Spider-Man just lets him get get away. And the promoter is like, what the heck? You could have stopped him. And Spider-Man, in a moment of like moody angst, is like, I missed the part where that's my problem. And my issue with this scene, Luke, is it's, it's preceded by Uncle Ben telling Peter that with great power comes great responsibility, right? That's like the thing. And later on, this robber goes on to kill Uncle Ben. And so it's yes. like it it presents this scenario where it was it's like karma that Spider-Man didn't stop this robber. And so he's like paying for it because he did some bad stuff later on down the line. Mm-hmm. I think that there is an argument to be made that there is no difference between the promoter not paying Peter Parker for doing the labor that he promised him. And this robber taking the money from the promoter. And that Peter Parker's response being like, yeah, I don't, this is the same thing, dude. So tough luck. Like, this is on you, buddy. Uh, I don't think that deserves a karmic retribution. Like, I don't think Peter has any obligation to stop this thief. So, okay, okay. So let's say that if Peter was a normal person... Yes. Like, if it's me in this situation, it would be irresponsible of me to try to stop the thief. Right? Correct. Because, right. like, I, f- for one thing, I'm not a fighter. Uh, and Luke's a lover. We've always known that. We've always known that. And you just, you just, you're not supposed to, like, as a regular person, confront someone who is, like, committing some kind of potentially violent crime. Because, like, you don't know whether they have... A weapon or something. Right. Well, we know he has a gun. Like, he definitely has a gun. Yeah. Right. This is a little bit different because, like, he... Peter Parker has just, like, come through a big scene where he's, like, incredible at fighting. Mm -hmm. But I don't... I agree with you where I don't think that it's, like... It's still, like... I I don't really know if you're supposed to confront him here, necessarily. Especially, so it would be different if this guy, I think the scene changes dramatically if this guy had shot someone in the course of this robbery. Like if he had used the weapon, even if it was just an injury, right? I think that is a different, that puts it in different philosophical. Well, actually, hold on. Now that I'm thinking about this, even if the bank, even if the robber had shot someone in the process of stealing from this promoter, the promoter put out an ad asking for people to go into a ring with a wrestler where they were going to potentially get very badly hurt and injured. Mm -hmm. 
So the promoter is also putting other people's bodies at risk and then not paying them what they deserve, right? Right. In in, in essence, the promoter has just stolen $2,900 from Peter Parker. Right. And, and put him in a dangerous, potentially deadly situation in order to do it, right? Like... Right. He put him in a cage match with the bone saw. And there's a clip right before Peter goes in where a dude's like, I can't feel my legs. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like the promoter is literally just hiding behind this facade of like, he's a business owner. And so it makes it okay that he steals. But when somebody does it with a gun, they're like way worse and deserving to be stopped. Right. This is the, this is the wage theft issue. It's yeah. wage theft is like an order of magnitude larger than, or maybe even more. I don't remember, but much more so than like regular theft. Right. Right. And it's like, but, but I, okay. That might be, we might be getting off topic there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it seems harsh. It seems harsh uh, for it to be like cause and effect. Peter doesn't stop this guy from robbing someone who just wronged him to that. I don't I don't think it's saying that it causes it, but like because of that action, his uncle dies. Right. Right. And it's like butterfly effect where it's like literally directly because he did not act, he his uncle died. And it like it's like I think in the third movie, they flash back to this scene and it's like a big plot point that the dude who did it is like a big villain in the third movie. And it's like, what? This is so morally ambiguous for whether or not Peter Parker should have tried to stop this thief. I don't love that they've made it a key plot point that he should have stopped yeah. the robber. Yeah, I, I I agree with you here, anyway. especially when since we're early on in the in the hero phase. Like later on, he's stopping him for sure because his instincts are now honed to do this kind of thing. Whereas right now, in this scene, it's just it's still out of character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm. I don't, I, I, I agree with you later on. He is stopping him for sure. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if I agree with it. You know, I think Spider-Man needs to look at the system and see where are the real crooks. Okay. Yeah. He needs to go after, after. <laughs> Maybe you need to be working on no, a I, law, I get you. a law degree, Peter Parker. Yeah. Be, be be one of the good guys with a law degree. Mm-hmm. All right. The, the real heroes, lawyers. <laughs> Get them some That's swords. Take away. <laughs> okay. I love that you've taken a, taken us back. Ooh, small point. Uh, I still have not watched a Spider-Man movie other than the Tobey Maguire movies. Is that weird? Uh, I mean, they're all right. It's basically the same guy, you know, red, red and blue suit. Slings webs, okay. climbs on stuff, strong. Yeah. Same kind of deal. Okay. Okay. Always in love okay. with a girl. That's like the thing. It's like you can the shoot webs and too. stuff. Why are you so obsessed with this girl? Ugh, whatever. I don't I don't get it. It's a whole thing, Dan. I know. You wouldn't understand. I guess I wouldn't. Let's let's talk about Gideon the okay. Ninth. Gideon the Ninth, up to chapter twenty one. Um okay, the first thing I want to do here is just get our bearings okay a little bit yep because a lot of this i'm still behind on okay the like up close and actual events that are happening i'm following okay big picture stuff is what we got to figure out big picture stuff i don't i'm not there yet like geopolitical stuff okay i will say we don't have a good picture of that from character perspective yet because it's from i think mostly gideon's perspective and Gideon doesn't know that much. Right. But is there... Have you pieced together anything? I mean, so obviously the, the basic things we know are there's there's nine houses. And the first one is like the emperor mm-hmm. who has been alive forever. And is the like necromancer in chief or whatever. Right. Correct. And did some kind of, some kind of thing like 9,000 years ago. Yes. Is there more that we know? Other than that, just like everything is kind of crumbling from a previous, um, a previous civilizational high. Okay. Yes, it does feel like that way. It does feel that way. It does feel like 
things are crumbling things are kind of breaking down um we should also say this is happening in like a planetary system so like the ninth house is on their own planet and it's like mm-hmm. their base is like carved deep into the planet it seems like it's like a colonization kind of thing where each of the houses might have their own planet to do their deal on we don't know a lot of details for what right any of this means or does um we know that the what are they lighters or lighters Lighter, I think. The Lighters seem to be desirable positions. Uh, they seem to be like the cool badass ones who get a right. They're of cool like stuff. they're like the the. I think of it as um, the like black wraiths of Sauron, yeah. <laughs> but, but not necessarily the bad guys. Well. You know what I mean? Well, we've yet to see who the cohort is fighting, right? We know the cohort yes, is like... that was my a, next question. Yeah, so there's like an armed, like a military wing of this empire, and we don't know who they're fighting. So we could be the bad yeah. guys. It and could be, because they're definitely not fighting other people within the nine houses. You also have to ask, where do all these bones come from? Because there are so <laughs> many more bones than it seems like there are people. There are many bones. Um, I mean, okay, to with the bones thing, I will say Harrow can do a lot with like a single knuckle bone or something. Yeah, but it seems like everybody's got a ton of knuckle bones. Like they've all got prayer beads that are made up of entirely of knuckle bones. It's like, that seems like a lot. Right. And there's already a bunch of skeletons out running around. <sighs> seems like a lot, there of, are a, lot of bones. a lot of bones floating around in this, uh in this world so far which I, I mean i guess if you you can always dig up old bones but not that old so there's a limit well yeah there's a limit to bones um i think that's the gist there okay. seems to also be a, okay. like a tentative alliance like there is a tense alliance between the houses like they do not want to start shit but there is some competitive like there's a competitive nature between the houses for sure, for sure. And I think some of them are more um, are more closely aligned than others. Like the fourth and the fifth are super closely aligned, mm-hmm. it seems. Yeah, I agree with you. We should also say it seemed clear from like the very beginning, each of these houses seems to have a very specific role in the government. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know specifically what a lot of those are. They've yet to be like formally elucidated. Right. But we do know that the ninth... Are the weird creepy boys correct one uh, one i would say the most weird and creepy correct they're the ones that the creepy boys think wow they're weird and creepy and so right they, it's that's pushing it it's pushing it a little bit <laughs> speaking of which actually luke i want to get us started off with a theory oh okay my theory has to do with the origins of the ninth house all right hear me out luke ninth house ancient clowns okay because of the because of the makeup okay the makeup is the the thing that tipped me off but there's a few other key details all right okay um when i think of what a clown would morph into in this universe it feels very mimey right like this universe a clown is a mime okay right they're not loud and boisterous anymore that has been stripped away from them and they're they're they are down to their essential components here. Well, I feel like I feel like you're assuming on the world of the ninth, this is what clouds are. Because or this is what clowns are. Because I don't some of the other houses might be loud and boisterous. Oh, no no no, totally. I'm saying ancient clowns were forced to take this role. Okay. The world went to shit and ancient clowns were like, well, I'm not giving up the face paint, but I am not honking my nose and doing all this bullshit anymore. <laughs> okay. And this, sure. So <laughs> they're also ostracized, which like anything, any content about clowns in the last 10 years has either been about them being creepy as hell or being ostracized. Like the Joker movie with freaking Joaquin right. Phoenix, where all the clowns are like, everybody hates the clowns. Uh, <laughs> we got that going on. Um, 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't speak. It feels like it's the, the like extreme response to the state of the world that we're in right now. And it feels like they went kind of a mime approach. The last thing that I want to point out, clowns absolutely love balloon animals, right? Of course. We well, we all do, but clowns most of clowns them. clowns are really good at making balloon animals. I feel like what Haro does is basically balloon animals with bones. Oh. This is true. This is true. Because, yeah, because she's actually like making them larger. Yeah, she's right? pulling starting out a piece from of a very small, starting from a very small uh, deflated balloon. And we're, 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 we're growing up into a big skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, hey, what do you want? Oh, you want a little crab? All right, here we go. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's eating you. It's eating you. You should have run. OK, I do agree with this. I do for sure. So I, I feel like we have ancient clowns in the mix with the ninth, which maybe has to do with what their job is. We're still yet to see what their job is, but it seems important. Like <laughs> like clowns today, you know. Right. Very key, very key role in society. Um, yeah, I was I, I don't know if this is necessarily connected, but but going back to when you earlier were talking about how there's. Seems to be a lot of skeletons, especially on Ninth. Do you think Ninth is just like the graveyard where they send everyone? I can't. Okay, here's why I don't think that's the case. Because it seems like they all do necromancy. Right. So I'm not going to send the bodies somewhere. Like, those are mine. Like, I want those bodies. You can't have my bodies. Yeah. I need those for They're my valuable. magic. Right. right. <sighs> yeah. Man. So we'll, we'll, Do you think the currency is bones? <laughs> like the bones are their money? Yeah. Oh, right. Could be. Could be. Uh, it would make a lot of sense. Although it sounds like some of these necromancers don't do bone stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't think they all do. I think I feel like there's a chance they're all capable. Maybe. M- maybe. To vary, I, um, maybe they have varying degrees of ability. It sounds like there's varying degrees of ability to make certain skeleton actions, like to make skeletons that can do certain things. Yes. So maybe they can yes. all make like a sword, like a balloon sword, but mm-hmm. Haro's good enough to make like a balloon giraffe and like a hat with a flower on it and stuff like that. Right. And it does seem like there's both a component of like natural ability but also a big component of like studying and education. Right. Which I think is key here. The fact that there's no paper anywhere. It's not just mm-hmm. like, oh, you just got to put the work in. You just got to spend some time in the library. It's literally like you have to find a book. You have to go find a book <laughs> that hasn't been destroyed. And then you have it. And then you can do it. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Or, just, or or you have a good, you know, oral tradition, which I think the ninth does not because there's like so few of them. Um, right. Yeah. The, the We haven't seen the actual other houses yet, but the ninth home base looking tough, looking rough. Yeah. At least from Gideon's perspective. <laughs> maybe inside that not little from, fort. Not from Dan's. Maybe, Dan thinks it sounds great. No, maybe in the inside the fort, it's like cool, you know. Oh, okay. Inside the fort, they have like sure, a hot tub, and and maybe I think that's likely. Maybe Gideon is just like acting like she hates it. Gideon's like, God, I hate Gideon, it. Gideon, who has never consumed hot liquid or hot food. Yeah, she goes in the fort and she's like, these consumerist pigs with their posh lifestyles. Good, it's gross. Is that a shower? What is that? Ew. No. <sighs> Could be. It very well could be. <laughs> I will say that the, the face paint stuff is a lot if we're doing it constantly, all day, every day. I know. I mean, it, give, at home. it gives you a great aesthetic. Um, a very strong aesthetic. Yeah, it sure. makes you stand out because everybody is all into bones and stuff, right? Like everybody's all into dead things because... Yeah, every, they're all necromancers, so they're going to be all about blood and bones and stuff. But 
Mm-hmm. You, it see, they've just elevated it. It just feels like they've elevated it in a way that I love. Um, right. I'll, I'm also getting very like, uh, was it Dia del Muerte, Day of the Dead vibes? Mm-hmm. Where everybody puts mm-hmm. on the skull face paint. And that's a very good look. It is. It is. One thing that I really appreciate about the author here is that we're getting details of the um, skincare effects of wearing this this makeup all day. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we're not ignoring that. Um, Gideon's getting some acne because she has to wear layers and layers of paint on her face. Right. These pores are clogged. Very very clogged. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm, I will say, Luke, the trade-off here probably provides some pretty good uv protection oh yeah <laughs> which they <laughs> which they need now did not need at home no definitely I don't didn't think. Need it. but i don't think that they wore it at home did they i think well okay i think that uh harrow definitely does okay gideon did not wear it at home at gideon all. did not right no but gideon's kind of a rebel <laughs> that's true a bit of a rebel bit of a rebel can i can i offer our listeners a little bit of advice real quick sure yeah all right all right folks out there in in audio land i'm gonna give you a couple pieces of advice here first never fight a bone lord mm. i think just never fight a bone lord because it it can't go i i don't see any situation where you decide i'm gonna fight this bone lord and it turns out good for you okay dear listener i mean what if it's what if it's double xp week uh ooh, it's double x hold on it's double xp week um hmm what are there any good loot boxes like am i close to leveling up oh well you're for sure gonna level up at least once if if it's double xp week and you're fighting a bone lord oh do i only get the xp if i win yes oh yeah don't fight the bone lord still don't because you no, you can't fight the bone lord because see luke this goes against my rule that you never fight a bone lord because you would you're telling me you're telling me even with double xp oh you know what but yeah you still never fight a bone lord never fight a bone lord okay even okay even if they have like great rare loot that they would drop because you know they would drop incredibly rare loot uh, that mm-hmm. also goes against my one rule that you never fight a boat lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just don't. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It does go against the rule. Um, can can you give me just a little bit of a little bit of basis behind the rule? Because I mean, I it makes sense, like from a zoomed out perspective. Yeah. But I just I want to hear your thought. Let me get into like the a making of this rule. Yeah. So I I approach this from a very practical standpoint. Let's say you're walking down the street. And mm-hmm. you see a bone lord coming towards you and they say something insulting yes, you about your dog. And you're like, oof. Always. You're like, ooh, I gotta, I gotta stand up for my dog's honor. Um, mm-hmm. And you look at them and you're like, I don't see any bones on them anywhere. I think I could take them. Uh, you can't is the thing because they have some bones somewhere. Like there is a bone mm-hmm. hidden that you didn't think about. There that's right because they're a bone lord like of course they're a bone lord so there are bones somewhere bone lords would never go out of the house without bones are you kidding me why if they look like they don't have bones they've got bones. they have bones they always have bones you never fight a bone lord okay you never you never do it you never do it here's the other thing about fighting a bone lord you're made of most like you've got bones in you you That's yourself true. if you are able to fight a bone lord probably have bones inside of you you don't know what the bone lord can do with your bones right the most you don't know how advanced that bone lord is right this is a huge risk you're taking because you start off throwing a throwing a punch at a bone lord who's insulted your dog and you end up a puppet for a bone lord that that tills the fields looking for weird plants all day and you're like wow this is my life now and the bone lord (laughs) the bone lord gives your thigh bone to your dog the bone lord's like yeah yeah here let's see how good a hungry dog is now that they have your tibia and you're like dang it they turned my dog against me i shouldn't have fought that bone lord don't do yeah yeah it's just because you're right the only time that you would fight a bone lord is if you thought that they didn't have bones but the thing is 
as we as we've said there's always bones. they always have bones so y'all this rule is so easy and simple just never fight a bone lord okay that's all that's it that's that's one of that's that's one of the rules that i want to say the other rule i want to say is a tangentially oh, related to this i have another one i have another rule for our listeners if somebody seems like they really want to fight you probably don't fight them Ooh. Okay. Especially if it seems like they would have no good reason to fight you. Okay, so so are you... The moment that I'm thinking of that this happens is with... Uh, I forget his name, but the Cavalier from 3rd wants to fight Gideon. Is Are there other moments that you're thinking of? See, I'm also thinking of the moment when Gideon fights the Bone Lord, and she's like, oh, the Bone Lord took off all mm. her bones... And she seems like this will be a no-brainer, but she's also really desperate to fight me right now. Right. And right. Gideon's like, ah, I think I could take a Bone Lord, which we should say goes against rule number one. But also, I think just any time someone is jonesing to fight you for something that they're like willing to give up so much to do it, I think you take that very seriously because mm. unless they're just There's always like, something hidden away that's there's only there's got to be a reason that you don't know that they're like ah, i think i could take him i think i could take him in a fight like if some if let's say let's say you're out walking around again you got your dog and mm-hmm. like a 12 year old no like a 14 year old boy maybe five foot two less than 100 pounds comes up to you and let's say you're a linebacker for the la rams comes up to you and One is like last year yeah, right uh insults your dog and then is like come on fight me and if you win i'll give you a million dollars you're you need to pause for a second because that 14 year old boy first off might be a bone lord so we need to consider that <laughs> always the third third rule is always consider if someone is a bone lord correct second is like what's happening because why are they this desperate to fight me? There has to be some other reason why they want to fight me because it seems like there's absolutely no way they could take me. Because this is the situation with Gideon and Haro. Mm-hmm. Gideon is a genius with a sword. A literal right. genius. And this lady's like, yeah, I'll fight you fair. No bones. I I, th- I think one one part that we want to emphasize here especially is if the person knows you, yes and and wants to fight you for sure never fight mm-hmm. yeah because like the the scenario that i'm thinking of is is later the one that i brought up the cow from from third wants to fight yes Gideon. yes and that's a scenario where i think that the guy is just like wanting to test himself mm-hmm. but that's because he doesn't know gideon yes in this case that you're talking about where Hera knows gideon very well and seemingly has no advantage whatsoever, yeah, obviously something's going up. If your bully at school suddenly wants to, like, desperately fight you, or maybe the reverse, maybe you're the bully, and this kid who knows you at school desperately wants to fight you, there's some shenanigans going on. (laughs) The other situation that I think of with this is from the Cradle series when Lyndon is setting up his fights, and he's got Mm -hmm. these tricks. It's like, guys, right? you all know Lyndon doesn't have any powers. Don't fight him. Always be aware of shenanigans. There's gonna be shenanigans. (laughs) And bounds. Okay. I I think those are good rules to follow in life. Two of of the more important rules, I think, for me, on a day-to-day basis. Um, Okay. I want to talk a little bit about Gideon here. Cool. Um, So, like you said, she's like a genius with a sword. Seemingly just extremely naturally talented not only that but very like dedicated Mm -hmm. although i can't tell how much of that is just like there's nothing else to do um right she doesn't have like a cell phone or anything right she's also extremely buff Mm -hmm. yep and here's where i want to here's where i want to tweak the training process okay we got to get gideon some free weights yep Okay. She's doing body weight exercises. There, you need to level once up. Once you're doing, once you're doing freaking like a thousand crunches a day, mm-hmm. or like hundreds of push-ups, 
you've you've reached the maximum of what body weight can do for you. Where it's moved into endurance work. It's no longer strength training. It is endurance training at this point. Which nothing wrong right. with that. But if you right. want to take, if you want to get like next level jacked, we need to start doing a little bit of bench press here. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me. Is she doing body weight? I, I haven't heard any leg work. Is she doing body weight squats? No, she's because... doing squats. She's doing squats. Their yeah, body... body weight squats is even worse than push ups. That's like okay. Luke, we need to be careful here because we're criticizing a technique that it it seems to be outstandingly successful for Gideon. Right. She seems to be peak physical form and crushing the competition. No, here's where I disagree. Here's where I disagree. Okay. I, so I will acknowledge that she seems to be in very good physical condition. Ah. Uh. However... Considering her current training regimen, I feel like she's not even close to reaching her potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gideon, with 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 some with some weighted squats under her belt, is the most powerful athlete of all time. Wow. The, in in two months, easy. Yeah, I mean, now what we aren't considering, which I just want to throw out here, is maybe they have a special centrifuge chamber that she is doing these bodyweight exercises in that increases the gravity. Mm. on her body while she's doing them kind of like goku um i didn't consider that but but for the sake of argument let's say it's just pure body weight in normal kind of gravity situation um free weights are expensive though luke it's true it's true and like you they don't have any of those at this old rotten planet (laughs) you're not gonna find a gym anywhere around here granted they do seem to find the gym in this conference center hotel with the pool that they've had to renovate Right. But I, it's looking good now. I don't hear about any free weights down there. Yeah. No. No. Maybe this was some of the lost knowledge. It could be. It was about free weights and protein. <laughs> well, she's got some protein supplements in her gruel, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I th- point is, I think she's got... I, th- I think there's still a lot of potential to be realized. Yeah, I think you're very right. I do want to stick with Darrow for a minute and just... Say that. Wait, wait, wait. Because you said Darrow, and I'm say, assuming you mean Gideon. I did say Darrow, <laughs> and I mean Gideon. I do want to stick I with. Love it. I do want to stick with Gideon for a minute. Uh, I'm leaving that in, by the way. That's fine. <laughs> because what I'm about to talk about is we love a one-sided fight scene, and I think the reason I said Darrow initially is because like Darrow had some great one-sided fights, and Gideon mm-hmm. has had some phenomenal one-sided fights that just like. This feels so good when Gideon gets in there and fights somebody wearing aviators and like a hoodie and just demolishes them. Like she absolutely demolishes this Magnus guy. Three moves and they didn't right. even see it happen. And they're like, oh, wow, she's actually so fucking good. Incredible. We loved it. And her breakdown of his like was- fight is so good. It was It was really good. Plus, I think just the way that it was written... Um, I don't know. Was very satisfying. Yeah. It was very satisfying for that to be her first like actual fight that we see. Um, yes, the writing in that scene and was superb. The, the 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 key piece here is that she, <laughs> she comes in wearing like a ridiculous cloak and and sunglasses in the dark. Yeah, yeah. She looks like a fool. It was it was it was satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see her with the long sword. I know. I think we're. I think it's. We're specifically saving that though. I think when she pulls that out, it's gonna be next level. You know, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Oof. Man, I'm. I'm. I'm anticipating a lot of awesome Gideon moments to come. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, since you brought up Magnus, mm-hmm. tough tough thing that happens near the end of this section yeah where magnus and abigail i think is his wife's name abigail pent yeah but before that (laughs) okay yep (laughs) magnus great guy we love him and there's the two i think that they're twins from fourth that are like kind of with them almost they're like teens i think i'm trying to figure out 
because I have trouble differentiating them from third. Right. Because third also has twins, and I it's third are definitely twins. I can't remember if the fourth are twins or if they're just or if they're just ages. teens. Yeah, I can't remember either. Either way, Gideon early on makes it seem like these two teens are terrible. Mm-hmm. I love them. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think they're phenomenal. I, I do agree with you. I don't understand why Gideon is so anti-teen. Uh, <laughs> the the little like the little uh small type um in parentheses quotes that one of them has whenever Magnus does something are hilarious. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, they are really good. Um, although I imagine if that was directed at you, it wouldn't be so fun. You know, maybe I don't know. I feel like it could be fun still. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Um, it could it could also just be exhausting if they're super, like, over everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, can we just have fun for, like, one minute? That was a great <laughs> pun, Magnus told. Can we just appreciate that? It was a great pun. Several great puns. He had a lot of good has. puns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Luke, I actually, I want to stick with our character, with our our characters here for a minute too especially before magnus dies um, the, the two teens no 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 no. all of the buddies and i want to okay. i want to i want to pose a question to you about these folks and the question is who are we rooming with of all of the folks who are in this competition who who do we pick as a roommate Ooh. let's break it down let's break down what kind of roommates we have that we're that we're working well okay hang on hang on though because we have to set we have to set the competition even more get get the details down okay is this like rooming for this competition no this or is, is a, this like this is called my new roommate for like freshman year college okay college okay so we're just looking for a buddy you're looking for a roommate yep and so like starting off with second house okay second house second house is getting up at 5 30 in the morning and starting with push-ups on the floor of second your Second house is, I think second house is out of the running. I think they are too. Uh, unless you need some discipline in your life. And then second house could be a great roommate. Because <laughs> second house is going to bed at 8.30 every night. And if you come in a little bit late, they are telling the RA. <laughs> right. If you need someone on your case constantly then pick second house um okay i'm 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 throwing second house out of my choice the other group that i'm throwing out is even though we don't know a ton about them is eight. Oh, dude yeah eighth house eighth house so silas silas is the adept for eighth house yeah and silas is the roommate who you're like super close with initially and then uh He's just like constantly makes you think you have plans or something. You're constantly waiting on Silas. And then he just like never texts you about it. And you find out he was out hanging out with other people. This is so specific to a character that I honestly know very little about from the book. But I love that. He's just draining. You know, he's just exhausted. He is draining. Okay. Um I feel like the obvious choice before they die is Magnus and Abigail. See, I don't love them for roommates because Magnus is just too much for me. Magnus is like, yeah, man, I really appreciate you inviting me to your like ping pong tournament that you're doing after classes. But I just went to your Smash Brothers tournament yesterday and I really don't have a lot of energy for something like i don't want to hurt your feelings so like i guess i'll go but mm. it's just too okay he's too much i take for your me. point I, I i take your point but i think that real real magnus in a in a in a dorm life situation has enough social skills to know when to invite people to things mm, you might be right you might be right um can we talk about third house real quick yeah okay okay i feel like you can't do third house because like the defining characteristic of third house is one of the twins is super hot and the other twin is like kind of scary 
and mm-hmm. seems like a shadow mm-hmm. of the other one. And there's only two beds in your dorm, and you know you're going to end up on the floor if both of them show up. Also, they're cavalier. Oh, wait, okay, so... so- Oh, are we including the cavalier? Wait, okay. No, are no, no, we no, doing no. one per who which one person I'm is only, gonna be roomy? I'm only doing it with the the twins here because there's two of them and there was only supposed to be one. So this is literally okay. the situation where you have this, one roommate, yeah. but they bring their sibling in who like lives in town and they just like stay with you every night. And it's like you can't This is like when you this is like when you go on a trip and there's like you're going with someone and you're going to split the cost of the hotel room, but they bring a third person, but you still split it evenly. Yeah, that's exactly like, what well, it is. Well, should we really be paying thirds each, though? Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I don't care how hot you are. Like, you can't bring your ex-boyfriend <laughs> on the trip with us. Okay. Okay, so third is out. I don't think you're rooming with fourth because just... I. I say that I like them. I I do agree that in a situation where you're roomies, it's way too much. Um, yeah. Okay. Sixth house. Sixth house. So. <laughs> sixth house is is Paula Palamides is is the uh-huh. adept in sixth house. Palamides is the kid who you're in the same classes with, and you get back after the first exam. You're pretty sure you failed it, and he says something like. Everybody told me college is supposed to be hard. Was that? <laughs> Did you hear that too? And you're like, shut right. up, Palamides. <laughs> okay. I I agree with you. Ugh. I kind of like six. Honestly, six is top of my list, even with this. Six six might be top of my list. Um, Especially with his little quip to Haro about him saying he's the top necromancer and she's like no you're not and he's like i knew it'd get you i kind of yeah, like it yeah plus they're very well i guess if we're if we're just sticking with the the adept um but in general they the two of them seem just just like defined by competence mm-hmm. i agree yeah yeah um i i don't know okay. a lot about camilla like I th- I'm sticking with the characters that we know pretty well because a lot of these yeah, cavaliers, I don't think we have good insight. A lot of them are just quiet and fight. So right, I'm kind right. of avoiding them as a roommate because I don't really want a quiet fighting type as a roommate. <laughs> Not what you want. No. I agree. Um, okay, so let's move to seventh. Um, Dulcinea. Dulcinea, I think, is a tough one because Dulcinea is the one that's dying and is very sick. But she's okay. Here's the here's the thing, she is extremely nice. This is why it's tough. Yeah, because she's. But a I feel like okay. I I feel like the worry that I have in this book and would potentially have if I had her as a roommate is I'd be like, you're so nice that I feel like something is off. Oh, too nice. And like, it's very possible that no, she's just like great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i just always have in the back of my mind this is gonna something something about this is is gonna turn out badly like i'm gonna tell her i'm gonna tell her my deepest secret and that's when it's going to it's gonna it, that's the advantage that she's been waiting for. she's been waiting for something to blackmail you with so she can steal one of your kidneys in the night and you won't tell the authorities maybe this is just because uh harrow is so suspicious of her yeah yeah i i think in a roommate situation though it makes sense she's so nice because she feels bad she stays up all night coughing and keeping you up right so it's like that's true yeah yeah yeah, i do it's nice that you acknowledge that you're being kind of a terrible roommate and you can't really help it but also like i do just not want to have to deal with it you know what i mean (laughs) Right. She's not right. going to the top yeah. of my list because I I would love to be friends with Dulcinea. I think Gideon has the perfect relationship with Dulcinea. Yeah. I had been ignoring that component of it. Yeah. Um, we already talked about Silas. The last one. The last two, Luke, we could talk about. Haro Hark. Gideon and Harrow. Or Gideon. Yeah. And I, I think no for different for very different reasons for both of them. Yeah, I mean, okay, so definitely no for Haro, just because 
so far. Haro's eating your yogurt out of the fridge and then acting indignant when you call her on it. She's like, I was hungry, so I ate it. I don't know why you're freaking out at me. (laughs) Right. Haro just always ready to say something super mean to you. Yeah. I think. Yep. Yep. You're never feeling good. Um, what's your what's your reasoning for no Gideon? Because I don't have a specific one, but I... yeah, Gideon is the kind of person. Gideon's the kind of roommate who will suddenly decide they're going to take up jujitsu at like twelve thirty at night on a Tuesday, and practice okay. like in the middle of the dorm room floor for the next three days. Not go to class. Like you're going to be like concerned about them because it's like, aren't you? Don't you have other stuff to do? Very obsessive and not really, like, aware of other people's, like, vibe. Not really aware, like, you can say, like, hey, I'm going to bed, but that's not going to be the hint that Gideon needs that, like, maybe I should turn the light out and stop jumping around in the the room. (laughs) You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can kind of see that. The one, th- the the thing that I was thinking of more is that I feel like Gideon would be not particularly understanding of someone that lives a different lifestyle from her. Mm, say Do more. you know what I mean? Say more. Like, like I okay. So I don't know if I have Gideon necessarily pe- pegged as like a partier. I, I I don't necessarily think that's true, but let's hypothetically say that she is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's always invite like saying like hey let's go to this party and you're like i don't really like going out super late every night of the week so no and i feel like she just doesn't respect that Mm. do you know what i mean right like the people who like the ninth she doesn't really understand it yes she kind of lumps and just like yeah and i just i just don't i think if i had a difference of not even necessarily opinion but just like lifestyle and things that i wanted to do it would be very hard for that to be compatible yeah no i agree with you it doesn't seem like gideon really respects differences in opinion right it'd be like okay gideon i went to that rave with you um do you want to go to this uh there's a uh, there's a bluegrass festival in town this weekend there's a there's a bluegrass festival yeah and she's like, no, I don't want to go to that. So I'm not going with you. Why would you go to a bluegrass festival? Those are dumb. You mean with like right. banjos and shit? Whoa. <laughs> it's like, hey, I just need, I would like someone to come with me. And, but no. No. And Gideon's going to make you feel bad for liking it. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that, that's, that's, that's just what comes to mind. No, I agree when with I, when you. I, when I, when I worry about having Gideon as a roommate. So, um, are we going? Are we? Are we ranking sixth? I'm going six. I am going six. I you kind of convinced me a little bit more that Magnus would be a decent second choice. Magnus, I almost am discounting because he's too. He's it would be too good. I think. I mean, you could pick Magnus. I I I think I would. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm not putting Magnus at top. I think I think Palamides would be the one. Palamides, yeah. Okay. Uh, if y'all have a somebody that you would you would want to room with, let us know. Tweet at us. Put in the put in the subreddit. Who are you rooming with of this crew? And what are the problems yeah, that you have with with this person that you're rooming with? What are the challenges? Yeah, give us give it give us give us the description of who they are as a roommate. Um, I I, I want to talk a little bit about the relationship between Haro and Gideon. Thank you. We definitely need to talk about this yeah and so there's there's a few like little mysteries of like past events that i don't think that we know what they are yet Mm -hmm. i just want to say i am a i i do enjoy a story of two enemies that as they get to know each other more learn that they're learn that they're best buds find their common ground and start to develop a bond I normally do. Uh, in this case, Luke, I'm worried things are moving a little too quickly. Okay. I can see that. Particularly because it sounds like the level of abuse that Gideon experienced from Haro is significant and sustained. And right. there's no remorse for it at all. It's just that 
Haro now recognizes that Gideon is a valuable tool. And that is the value <laughs> that she is placing on Gideon. And Gideon is like, oh, she actually appreciates me? Oh, maybe we're friends. Oh, can we be friends? I do, I, <laughs> I do worry that there's a little bit of Gideon uh, finally, like, getting some small fraction of affection. The tiniest bit, yeah. Yes. I, I think just... Like where we are now, that is how it feels. That's correct. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm hoping for this because it sounds bad, but I do feel like there's almost an equal, maybe not equal, but like comparable level of trauma on Haro's side. You mean, well, not from Gideon, right? I don't think Gideon no, is traumatized. Not necessarily from Gideon. Okay. But just generally. Um, just generally sure and i think that there's i think that there's and i can't tell how much of like uh, it does seem like recently haro has been terrorizing gideon a pretty good amount like serious like torturing gideon like seriously messed up torturing and like like remember those first chapters luke where Gideon is like, I hate her more than literally anyone else. Like, I want her to die in a fire. Like, there is, because right. of because of all these things that they've done to me. They've, like, kept me as a slave here. They've, like, every time I try to escape, they, like, lock me in a dark room and destroy my kneecaps. Uh, like, <laughs> so, it seems like she's so justified in hating this person. And, like... Haro seems to hate her too, but just because she like keeps trying to escape is what it seems like, at least at this point. Right, right. I I I just think that there's just because it's a it's it feels like we're warming up to each other. I think there's going to be some kind of moment where we learn that Haro has like whatever reason for doing things, which maybe maybe does does or does not make things better i'm not sure but it's gonna have to be i feel a, like it's coming it's gonna have to be a pretty I feel like it's coming good reason right i'm gonna need a, dan's <laughs> gonna need a lot on this reason for for me to be okay with a friendly companionship to develop here yeah because i will say haro like doesn't insult gideon for like 10 minutes and then gideon's like yeah sure i'll withstand torture to like and maybe die so that you can go get the key Right, she's already identified that she thinks Haro is like a psychopath. And so this just yeah. seems like very inline psychopathic behavior of like, I need this person to do something for me. So I'm going to manipulate them in the way I know how. Right. And I'm worried Darrow's being... Now you're, now you're worrying me. I'm worried Gideon's Stop being... Saying. I know, I keep saying Darrow. I'm worried Gideon's going to be... Is getting manipulated. Okay. You're you've you're you've kind of convinced me, and I'm now worried. I because I, I felt it too, Luke. I felt it too, but I was like, ah, hold on, is this a good feeling? You didn't get sucked. You didn't get sucked in I, as easily. I as tried me. not to get sucked in. No, no, that's good, Luke. I've got a very serious question about how this universe is working. Okay, ready for that. It seems to me like there is a significant surplus of labor okay because they can make skeletons to do so much stuff mm -hmm. yeah and we don't know the details of this but it sounds like they can support a pretty massive group of skeletons it does how is like anything falling into disrepair at this point what this what? is a good question what skeletons are constantly going around and sweeping and brooming and they don't need to eat, I don't think. They're skeletons. They don't have a stomach. So, like, what? Yeah. I feel like the the labor force for the population size is so much bigger that, like, everybody... Sh sh Why isn't this utopia? Why aren't we all just crushing it with, like, ten skeleton <laughs> servants? <laughs> okay. What's okay. happened? Let's say... Okay, let's let's... Acknowledge that we don't know about like energy sources or how that part works. Correct. Yeah. If you need one. Right. But what 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 I what jumped to mind is as they get here, everything's an absolute mess and they like little training ground is disgusting 
and then the skeletons come up and clean it and are like constantly cleaning it and now it looks great Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like okay well why isn't the rest of the house like this correct it's a good point especially Um, because this place seems to be like a holy site for these people this is like a the the like cradle of their whole empire is here maybe it's an aesthetic okay i mean yes where they want it where they want it to be like crumbly i'm not even gonna say probably because i think it definitely is like the whole vibe of this place seems to love that yeah right yeah so sure maybe they're into the crumbles but if you've got guests coming imminently you can clean the place up a little right i guess so but but if it's like okay okay let's first off let's say these let's okay these all these places all have their own like home world yes let's say um i and they're all going for different aesthetics mm-hmm. so i imagine like second has all their skeletons making things super orderly there's no clutter okay sure and it looks great there's not much decoration but everything's clean sharp lines okay and then um ninth obviously we gotta look dark and gloomy uh-huh and so that's the why they I'm send all sure their about... skeletons but it sounds like they're gross and dirty too like they because all their skeletons are out in the fields like looking for onions or something <laughs> i don't and yet they have like all their swords are are rusted out because they've been just in a pile in the basement at the ninth at the house right. at the like wh- how how are anything rusting do you need that many onions i guess is a big question because like can you spare a few skeletons to go maintain your armory mm-hmm. but, uh, wh- i don't have a good answer for you honestly what's there. with these skeletons i uh, it's got to be a it's got to be an energy source thing that's my guess okay because you're right if if you're if it's like you can just make the skeletons and have them go do whatever then yeah right the only other explanation i can think of for why everything is falling apart when it seems like there's immortal skeletons that can do work is that there are a lot of skeletons constantly cleaning uh but they're cleaning up all the blood that seems to be spilling everywhere because it's a biohazard (laughs) right and so you need you need this massive workforce because all the blood that's pouring off of these necromancers needs to be cleaned immediately right and it needs to be like it's not just you you're not just wiping it up no you need to use bleach like this is a serious this is a biohazard that we're dealing with yeah yeah you leave bleach let it sit for x minutes luke and i are not infectious disease experts this is not professional (laughs) advice I think you need bleach. I don't know anything else. Uh, it could be bleach. It could be. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably that. Uh, just I I think that the the lifestyle just lends itself to much more disgusting habitats. Yeah, yeah. I think just generally. I think that's probably true. Also, you got to consider. I think that the skeletons are probably like scraping up against like you know their bones are scraping you're losing a lot of bone shavings they're vacuuming constantly you're saying there's a thick layer of bone dust everywhere bone dust everywhere you got to vacuum every every day for sure yeah this is without a doubt the case so you've got most of your okay your split is like 40 percent of skeletons cleaning up blood 40% of your skeletons are vacuuming. 10% of your skeletons are maintaining the vacuums, right? Because with that much vacuum, you've got to do some kind of maintenance. Um, And then the rest of the 10% are like farming onions. Okay. Yeah. That seems right. So so we're talking 85, 90% of the skeletons are just maintaining the 10% of skeletons that we have. (laughs) right and you have to you have to realize that the more skeletons the more mess that the skeletons make yeah there's a limit so you get yeah yeah the more you have then the percentages it's like converging lines yeah 
Yeah. 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 This is the optimal. You're saying it's this an op- is it's a- an optimization problem. Yeah. This is you. <laughs> you're saying this is the optimal number of skeletons that we have right now. Any more, and it becomes right unwieldy. after tri- after trial and error, they've found that this is the most efficient number of skeletons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That makes sense. Rescinded. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Okay. Well, Luke, I'm glad we figured out optimal number of skellies uh, in this mm-hmm. universe. Next week, we're going to be finishing up the book, so we'll find out what's going on, maybe, with these with these houses. Um, maybe. Maybe some more deaths will happen. Hmm? Okay. Seems like there's, there's a chance for that. Um, Excited. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, but we'll be back next week. Bring in the hot takes. And being dumb nerds. Yeah.